Okay, so the world's on fire, like again, and not to be a real Debbie Downer, but it just makes a podcast on a kid's anime feel a bit frivolous. That's not to say we shouldn't do things that make us happy or that make others happy. Like, I'll do my best to be glib and cheerful and laugh and find poignancy and all the things that I do on this show. But if the end result feels a little different today, a little tired, extra heavy, well, forgive me. You all know why. And 10 years of people are still listening to this show. Like, just think back to your history classes the world was going through some things in 2022. All our podcasts are going to be a little shell-shocked. It's okay. We're pushing through. I'll be posting in the episode notes and reading at the end of this episode various resources to help Ukraine and many other people who are in dire need of help right now. That'll be towards the end. And if we have any listeners out there in Ukraine... Wow, you've got more important things to do than listen to me laugh about Pokemon. But if you are here, I hope it gives you something to smile about. So, everybody be nice to each other. Be kind to the people around you. Do your best. Let's get into some Pokemon! So, let's recap, because we left on a two-parter last time. The kids are in Verdant Turf Town. They meet a mysterious coordinator slash town menace called the Phantom, who really loves his Dusclops tuxedo mask crossover cosplay. They find out the Phantom is a shy boy named Timmy with an overbearing mother who hates Pokemon, and a dad who's... I won't say spineless, clearly he does things for himself and his son that's in opposition to mom, but confronting her directly and saying no isn't something he's been willing to do a lot of at this point. So Timmy moonlights as the masked phantom, as his father once did before him, and now he's going to enter the Verdant Turf contest because, of course, Ash has to get personally involved, and May really needs a rival because Drew is off being a decent human and giving his Pokemon time off for recovery like a good trainer. So I think that brings us up to date. And with that, here we go, our episode from Advanced Generation, Disguise the Limit. It's contest day. It's not May's first contest anymore, she's been to this rodeo a few times, but it is her first time really having to rely on Skitty. And I get you, girl. I can go to the auditions year after year, and the nerves are always there, and if you change an element, like, if something comes up, or if you're performing something that you're less familiar with or secure in, like, it's just an added weight. That struggle is real, and Skitty's a wild card more than most. Timmy's off to a rough start, too. Mom held him up at the house, so he only barely makes it in time to register. Perhaps his mom has suspicions about the contest today and devised excuses to keep him busy. Yeah, the avoiding and rebelling and punishing things without actually talking about any problems is rampant in this family. And finally, finally, Dad steps in and says, Enough's enough. We're gonna settle this like the adults we are. 
Timmy, you sneak out the window. <laughs> because you're a child. But he stays in Tim's room and waits for mom and tells her point blank, No. Timmy went to the Pokemon contest because I'm his father and I told him he could. Because that's what he wants to do with his life. And I support that as an equal partner in this relationship. And if you have a problem with that, you're going to have to actually use your words and talk to Timmy and me about it instead of burdening him with homework and punishing him for things that you're pretending you're not seeing, like, to avoid having to bring it up. Like, I love this. Good job, Dad. Good job. So we cut from them and the contest begins. Drew is in the stands watching, presumably here to watch May, again, all he does is not actively be a jerk for five seconds, and I'm like, oh, you nice boy. But like with Gary before him, the transition from active jerk to just kind of not doing anything provocative is in itself character development, so we'll, we'll let him be. Timmy is a different person when he puts on the mask, like from one second to the next. He's more confident, outspoken, even engaging in playful banter with May. Jesse has also entered this Pokemon contest, full of confidence, so we'll just wait for that drama. I'm sure it's coming. Jesslana is the first contestant with Dustox. And you know, Jesse is getting really good. Again, Team Rocket isn't known exactly for training their Pokemon, but that's not to say their Pokemon skills are bad. Like, they battle all the time. Put this in perspective. They battle Ash Ketchum almost every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Do they always lose? Yes, but they are still getting battle experience on purpose or not against, oh, frankly, at this point, top class trainer. And their theater skills are on point, and they do have to push themselves a bit in thinking of creative ways to beat Ash. Again, those ideas don't always result in. Pokemon training, or even victory, but nonetheless, Team Rocket is not as sucky as we often paint them as. Contests are events that really play to their unique skills, and we've known from, like, episode two that Jesse and James and Meowth can apply themselves and even be legit threats if they feel like it. So it's nice to see Jesse succeed here like she basically wins this first round. On not quite the other end of the spectrum, but pretty close, is May who lost a lot of points when Skitty's blizzard frizzed out. She got some points back with the juggling double slap uh, that Skitty does, and still ended up scoring above 21, but that was not the score she was hoping for at all. It kind of harkens back to skating, my main other real-world sports reference. Like, it's often said, like, you can't win the event in the short program, but wow, you can lose the event in the short program. Um, that said, May's got the main character bonus. I'm sure she'll have a chance to rally later. This will not be the end for her. <laughs> but I'm sorry, guys. I, I really do need to find some more sports to reference besides skating and cheerleading. The only two sports I've ever done with any level of proficiency. I need to get someone in my life who's really passionate about, like, soccer or basketball or something more mainstream so that my sports comparisons actually make sense. Just whenever I get into other sports, it's always like niche Olympic sports with very niche fan bases like curling and skeleton and fencing. But but I'm sure the training aspect of any sport is universally applicable to Pokemon, no matter what package it comes in. But gosh, I can't wait till we can talk about Bokker. Anyway, Timmy the Phantom is also in fine form, finishing out the first round with pizzazz, though it is just Lana in the lead. 
So we'll hold those scores in our head and process them while we take a detour over to family drama in the Grimm's limo, where Mama Grimm and Dad are getting into it. Mom's like, how could you encourage him to enter that ridiculous contest? And Dad's like, yeah, I just realized our family dynamic was super dysfunctional and decided to fix it. Got a problem with that. <laughs> I'm I'm loving Dad in this next episode here. He wasn't growing on me too much in the first episode, but here, he is, he is coming out guns blazing. And we get a little taste of intrigue here. Mom's going off on... How when she was Tim's age, she focused on studying, like, no time for anything frivolous, like Pokemon. And just as we're getting an idea on how jealousy and deprivation may have developed her current worldview, Dad drops a hint that maybe Mom wasn't always this way. Maybe there's more going on here. Which, in hindsight, makes sense. Because, you know, in the first episode, on some level, I did wonder, like, what it was he saw in her. And frankly, what she saw in him that would make a Pokemon despiser and a Pokemon coordinator think they could make a marriage work. Like, this scene I'm starting to think, like, why the two of them might have fallen in love and had, in fact, rather a lot in common and, you know, maybe had a good functioning, healthy marriage. But, of course, over time... uh, Certain behaviors of Mama Grimm's and and Dad's, too, have made this not such a a healthy family. But stewing all that, back to the competition. As I said, May has the main character bonus, which propelled her high enough to get into the top four. Again, my love of watching skating comes back into play because contests have quantifiable skills, but they are also artistic. And whenever you have to judge someone based on art, there's always going to be some subjectivity in there, and that's just the nature of the game. If May wasn't the main character here, I honestly don't think she should have been in that top four with some of the stuff the others were putting down, I'm guessing. Then again, I cannot juggle. That is legit impressive for Skitty, if less flashy than some of the psychic attacks, so eh, what do I know? Either way, May makes it to the top four, and that's what's important. So, second round, contest battles. Here we go. Jessie's made it one round without causing shenanigans. Good for her. Let's try for two. The next round is the battles. They have five minutes to take away not hit points, but battle points, I guess. Style points. Like, it is a battle. Fainting is bad. But being more fabulous in your attacks, or clever, or smooth and elegant, is actually just as important. Like, a well-executed and elegant counterattack, or presumably even a block, can reduce your opponent's points just as much, if not more, than being the one on the offensive. Like, you could theoretically win a contest battle without ever landing a single offensive hit. Because it's more about how you do the attack, or how you do anything, than how physically strong it is. So May handily dispatches Stefano, the poor random character for whom we really know nothing about and never will, and then Timmy is up against Jesse, just as Mom and Dad walk in. Ash and company have noticed the new arrivals. Timmy has not yet. He's doing great against Jesslana and full of confidence, and Mom sees. She looks to be heavily in denial about it, but she sees her son being self-assured, engaged, focused, passionate, pushing back against obstacles, being a human being, which she kind of wasn't 
every scene that he was in that mansion with her. In the course of this battle, the two opposing equal energy beams stall and push against each other until they explode with the equal fury trope is invoked. In the smoke, uh, Jesse's Jesslana costume is washed away. And since she's basically Peter Parker, I keep my costume on under my clothes, she's outed as a member of Team Rocket. And given that this is Hoenn, and so few people even know who Team Rocket are, like, this isn't actually a reveal. Like, all James and Meowth had to do was make eye contact with Ash and Mouth like, be cool, man! (laughs) Because he and his friends, and I guess maybe Timmy now, are the only ones who know that showing up with a giant red R on your chest is more than just a weird fashion choice. I suppose it's possible Jesse could have been blacklisted after the first couple contests went down bad, but that doesn't appear to have been the case. Like, literally no one cares who's not in the main cast. Like, even Mom, Dad, and Timmy don't put it together from sort of kind of seeing these guys yesterday. Jesse loses her outfit, and it's surprising in a very Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl way. Like, oh, that was not meant to happen. And then, unlike aforementioned Super Bowl, everyone is over it in two seconds. Like, welp, R.I.P. Jessalana's close. Uh, the Phantom wins the round. Celebrations. Like, no one gives a crap about Jesse's blowing cover. So in the end, as often happens, what really ruins everything is Jesse herself. And her best supporters slash enablers are right there with her. James and Meowth take the stage and the three of them try to steal Timmy's dusclops. It's like, I just want her to discover the joy of doing her best and achieving things legitimately and winning without cheating. It's like um, that old debate of like, what if someone had just bought Hitler's stupid painting? Like, Because before he became Hitler the Ascended Noun, he was just some schmo trying to get into art school and be an artist and was apparently just super average at it and kept getting rejected from schools and no one liked his art. And a lot of people philosophize, like, what if he had been able to put his energy into something else? What what would his life have changed? What trajectory would have changed? What if his life experiences had been more positive? But the thing is, and you see it with Jesse here, You have to reward good behavior, not the other way around. And if we can't get her to just play frickin' fair, it doesn't matter how many metaphorical paintings you buy. Like, it's just so frustrating. Like, Jesse, you have so much more in you that you could be offering the world, but you take the absolute worst path possible whenever you meet any resistance. It's... (sighs) (laughs) Taking better options meeting resistance is Timmy who is going to stand and defend his Dusclops. Though you might posit Dusclops needs no defending, it's pretty good at taking care of itself, thank you. But all of that is completely unnecessary, because up in the stands, Ash is just done with this BS. He tells Pikachu to barbecue Team Rocket, like doesn't even get out of his seat. Like, don't mess with Ash today, fam, he does not care. So Team Rocket blasts off. Again, Jesse takes this as proof that, see, I can't win anything unless I cheat. It's just like, girl, you made it to the second round. There are, at minimum, 25 competitors here, because May was 24 and Timmy came sometime after her, so, like, only four made it to round two. Top four out of at least, at least 25. And your score in the first round was, period, the highest, like, 
Girl, you won the short program. Gosh, Jesse, I just want the best for you. You're already amazing. Open your eyes. Speaking of opening their eyes, this blast from Pikachu has now also washed away Timmy's mask. So he's lost his phantom disguise and can see his mom. Who, if the point didn't hit you in the earlier scenes, absolutely knew that it was Timmy up there in the Dusclops costume. She's mad and outraged, but this was not a reveal to her. Communication saves a lot. So, Mama Grimm walks off, fists clenched, feeling a lot of emotions that she doesn't articulate, and to be fair, the middle of the arena is not the best place to have them. So, she walks off, the round ends, the crowd has been given a bizarre show, like, Jessalana lost half her clothes and her general grip, was about to steal a Pokemon when some Pikachu from the stands jumped down and blew a hole in the roof, and... The Phantom's mom made a bit of a public scene when the kid's mask fell off. Like, I low-key want to do, like, a Pokemon commentary podcast where I, like, commentate Pokemon matches and contests and news as if it's, like, Monday Night Pokemon. Like, what this nonsense looks like from the audience perspective. I'm convinced that off-camera, between scenes, someone from the contest committee is dragging Ash into an office and being like, What the heck, kid? Our insurance isn't going to cover this. Like, what do you mean, Kanto organized crime? Anyway, now that Tim's round is over, Dad can convene with the group in the locker room and give us all Mama Grimm's backstory. She used to love Pokemon when she was young. But in her family, it was expected that she would grow up and take over the business. That pressure was so much so that not only was being a Pokemon trainer off the table... She really had no time for anything but studying and pursuits that would make her a great businesswoman. On top of that, her parents encouraged her by discouraging anything that got in her way. They saw Pokemon as childish, so they took those away, forbade her to interact with them. I can presume the same went for toys or clubs or any other interests that they didn't deem suitable, including her beloved Poochiana. Remember that one scene last episode where Mom saw a girl with a Poochiana and got deep in thought? With the other mother talking about, like, Pokemon are a big responsibility. Like, that all takes on a whole new context now. So yeah, it's a sad story. Like, I think this qualifies as emotional trauma or emotional neglect, like... It's a tough scene because it explains Mama Grimm's actions a whole lot, but it doesn't excuse them. And that's always uncomfortable, to feel like genuine, deserved empathy for someone while also facing the reality of, like, lady, now you're perpetuating a cycle of dysfunctional family dynamics. Like, this is not okay. (laughs) It's very similar to how I feel about Team Rocket sometimes. Like, gosh, those three have reasons for being the way they are. Many, many sympathetic reasons, but you can't ever get away from the fact that they do bad things, and they know they do bad things, and life putting them in a bad place doesn't give them carte blanche to keep doing those bad things. Like, did I expect such a huge morality dive when I started this two parter? I did not. So, the last match here is May versus Timmy for the title. Timmy has redonned his phantom mask because branding, and the two of them go at it, giving it all they have. 
The real defining moment comes when Timmy looks like he and Dusclops are going to clinch it, and May gets the idea to have Skitty use Double Slap to juggle an energy attack and send it back, similar to the show move with Double Slap that they've been training. Rather than juggling little little rubber balls, she's she's having Skitty juggle attacks and, like, send his own psychic attacks back to Dusclops, which is very cool. Has that been hinted as something they could do or something they've tried before? Like, I want to say, no, I'm having trouble remembering, which is my own fault for taking such long, multiple hiatuses. But it looks like May's just come up with this idea. And narratively, that's gold, that all her training on Double Slap as a performance and all her opportunities to kind of grow in battles with, say, Team Rocket and the like have given her an idea on how to apply that in a battle that's going to save her skin now because she finally has confidence in her training. And she keeps that cool head and confidence despite making mistakes, despite a normal type versus ghost, despite Blizzard crapping out on poor Skitty again. May keeps hanging in there, determined. At the moment it all seems lost, she tries assist. The one attack she can't plan for, who knows what will happen, and she gets gust. It's bold, it evens things out. Even Drew is proud, who I legit forgot was in the stands earlier with the whole Team Rocket showing up and Pikachu (laughs) jumping out of the stands to fry someone. (laughs) But at this point, I think he's run into these kids and Team Rocket enough that he's like, yeah, it's normal for them. I don't want to know. I'm not going to (laughs) ask. So May starts to turn things around. She's got Timmy on the ropes now, and he's the one panicking. Oh, what do I do? And then Mom shows up on the sidelines. And she gives the whole, trust your Pokemon, it trusts you, like May's Skitty trusts her. And legit, I didn't think she would remember May's name, if indeed it was ever told to her in the first place. But the music is sweeping, and she's doing the whole power of friendship, heart of the cards, motivational anime speech. If you show confidence in yourself, you won't need a mask and all. Like, narratively, I'm glad she's come around. Like, it spells only good things for this family. But, like, after everything, these specific words coming out of this specific character at this moment feel almost cringy, like, a bit insincere or fake, contrived. I'm searching for words. I would have liked for them to have dug a little deeper into who Mama Grimm has presented herself thus far and have her find some similar words of encouragement and motivation that were a bit more authentic to the person she is. Like, I don't know, like, if there's one thing I learned from my business days sort of thing. Like, even though I never saw Pucciana again, my our hearts were still connected. I don't know. Something that, again, was unique to her. I do think the whole, like, if you have confidence, you don't need a mask is something that she would say. But, like, again, the whole thing about trusting Pokemon feels, after everything, a bit of a big jump for her to be saying running into the arena right now. But, again, narratively, the sentiment that she is now supporting her son and that her son's connection to Pokemon is a good thing. And, like, that I do buy the general idea of this scene. So I'm happy to report that Timmy is touched and does rally behind his mom's speech, and he takes off his hat and his mask for the duration of the match. Which, again, I like the idea of narratively, 
But on the other hand, Timmy, that outfit was cool. Now, with the distractions out of the way, May and Timmy are bringing it with all they have. They both have defining character moments out there. Timmy chooses to keep going because he fought too hard just to get to this competition. Don't give up now. May chooses to stop relying on assist and believe in Skitty, who she tells to use Blizzard, and it doesn't crap out. She wins. Oh, good job. Drew continues to be super proud and then undermines it a bit by saying luck plays a part in any battle, which... He's sort of right, like, that's kind of what assist is. But that's also what believing in other people is. Like, that's the whole point, is that things never work out 100%. Like, there's always... So, like, Drew, you were doing so well not being condescending. Like, at least stay in the stands and keep those comments to yourself. May and Timmy part on good terms with friendly handshakes, and Mama Grimm makes up with Timmy, choosing to forgive him for the lying and the sneaking out, and tells him that if he stays on top of his homework and all, he can and should enter Pokemon contests. A much healthier arrangement than the one that was given her as a child. So we get a mom and son hug, which, given how timid and scared of her Timmy was at the beginning of the two-parter, and how legit scary and shouty mom was, this probably hasn't happened in a bit. Dad looks happy too. May gets another ribbon. That's two now. Not bad for our girl. I can't remember where we're headed next, but I'm pretty sure this contest was on the way to one of Ash's gyms. I believe Petalburg. So look forward to that match. Definitely gonna have things to say at that episode. For this one, man, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. An unexpected lot that I wasn't prepared to deal with in these, these of all days in the year 2022. Because as much as it is a kid's show and things are silly, and sometimes their big turnaround speeches are cheesy and feel a little too easily given, this episode was real stuff that real families deal with and fail at, and then continue cycles where they continue to fail their kids, and people keep growing up with the same deprivations, and it's both heavy to realize that, and also gratifying to see this family break that cycle. Also, you know, the plot around our main character. Good job, May. You also learned some good lessons and are grinding ever closer to your goal, becoming more content in your own skin and confident in your self-worth and abilities and believing you deserve to fight for things. I'm definitely here for all that. And then Jessie, proving her potential and refusing to walk through the doors that are opened to her. Oh, man, I know the future. I know, Jesse, you will prove yourself better than this, and I will just have to hang on until you get there. In the meantime, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. There's a lot going on outside of this podcast, so that you gave any of your precious time to me truly means a lot. I will direct you to the International Rescue Committee at rescue.org. They do a lot of really good work with helping uh, victims of international crises like the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and it's a really good place to start if you're looking for ways to volunteer or donate or even just become more informed on what's going on and how you might be able to help. So I recommend starting there. I'll also have a few other links um, to other organizations that are doing really good work in the world right now. 
And just above all, stay safe, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Be kind to everybody. If you need more distraction listening of the Pokemon variety, um, you can hear more from this podcast at Peak Appy Podcast. Um, it's released through the many fine podcasting services such as iTunes, etc. Sadly, not Spotify, but I think everywhere else. I will also be hanging with Steven from PokePress on Saturday night, uh, 7 o'clock Mountain Time on his YouTube, PokePress, to talk about the music in Pokemon side games. So tune into that if it floats you. Until next time, thank you for listening, everybody. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs>